Great stuff. Well, great to have our uh, team back from uh, Uganda. Andy was leading us tonight. He's had a great time in Uganda. Where's Andy's disappeared already? Has he gone, Andy? Better just say something. I'm going to hear from him more next week. But let's just hear something about Uganda, deepest Africa. Who wants to learn some Ugandan? Like everyone said this, Hakuna, Mongo, Kama, Way. Hakuna Mongo come away, Hakuna Mongo come away, Hakuna Mongo come away, Hakuna Nahata Kote Po. You like that? Now, who's got any idea what you just said? Oh, come on now. No, you didn't say Andy's the man. You say that in English. You just said there's no other God like our God. So we had a great time. We, uh, we, uh, it, was, it was really exciting to see that Pastor John uh, had, had really built in. For, we, Pastor Mike came the year before, and we did a leaders, pastors and leaders conference. And it was just so exciting to see that what Pastor Mike had, sp- had spoken and built in the year before had been built into the churches and so as we went around the churches, there was a more tangible presence of God. There was uh, more people encountering the presence of God, even as they sat in a mud hut over the other side of the world. It was just so exciting. We got to pray for, for one girl who'd been deaf and dumb for nine years. Since, so she's nine years old. She'd been deaf and dumb since birth. And so we prayed for her, believing that God would touch her powerfully. And straight away, she could, she could respond to a clap. And, and turned to where the clap was, which was great, and thinking God moves slowly, that's okay. But the next day, we're just believing that God will continue in this. Uh, we were traveling up to Lira, which is in the north of Uganda, where the refugee camps are. And uh, we were looking and, and trying to take some photos of a, a man making mud bricks. And next thing we hear this, as, as a girl that's been deaf all her life cries out to her father because she could hear the cell phone ringing. So God's good. So we're just believing that that continues. So we had a great, great time. I was so impacted by the, uh, uh, the refugee camps. really did something in me, just touching my heart and expanding. It's like this, the cause is just so helpless, the lostness, the people. And you see some photos of uh, mum and dad lying, dying of AIDS, and the kids have gone out and tried to collect something. And there's nothing there, and they've got this plate full of leaves, green stuff, and that's dinner for the day. Another where there was a grandmother, her, her children had been killed, and so she's looking after her two grandchildren, and they hadn't eaten since the day before. And you just think, God, the, the problems of the world are overwhelming. And just so felt something in me birthed that God's answer is the church, that you are God's answer to the world, that if we can build a strong, dynamic church, if we can equip and empower laborers so that we grow up disciples that aren't just happy to sit and hear a good message, but are prepared to grasp a hold of that and then go out there and make a difference in your community, then that is the answer to the world. So turn to your neighbor and say, you're the answer to the world. Hey, brilliant, brilliant. Good stuff. Good stuff. You're the answer. Amen. Is that good? You're the answer or you're part of the problem? <laughs> Tell them, you're the answer or you're part of the problem? Which are you? <laughs> You're the answer. Well, we want you to be the answer. I want to be the answer. You've got to have an attitude to be the answer. Until someone tell them you're a winner. You're a winner. Better that than a loser. No one wants to be called a loser, do they? <laughs> something terrible about being called a loser, isn't there? There's something really painful about when you say, you're a loser. You know, 
Oh, God, that's a shocker, isn't it, eh? <laughs> yeah, we don't want. We want to be winners. God's wired you to win. Did you know that? God's wired you to win. He's wired you to be a winner. You're wired on the inside to win. Listen, have you ever noticed uh, an interesting thing? Have you ever watched the uh, Olympics and uh, one of our uh, athletes over there uh, triumphs? They get the gold. Have you ever watched them when they get up there, right up there? They're not on the bottom. They're not in the crowd. They're not number two. They're not number three. They're number one. Right? And have you ever watched? Now, what kind of feelings do you have when you see one of our New Zealand athletes and they're there? And they've got our colors, and they're playing our anthem, and we have won. Now, what, now tell me, let me tell you, what, now I want you to ask you this. What kind of feeling do you get inside when you find that? How many find, they, how many can, can admit that there's a, there's a tear or two starts to bubble up? Is that, come on, how many, how many can say that's what happens? Is that right? You ever asked yourself, why is it that I get affected emotionally at something like that? Why? There was another, uh, um, some game, Commonwealth Games in, uh, uh, I think it was in Australia, wherever it was, anyway, there was a, uh, a, a tremendous, you know, people turn out from all around the world. But what happened was, there was one guy came from an con- African country, he'd never swum in his life. And somehow or another, he got in to the, uh, to the, into, the, uh, into the race. And of course, he couldn't swim, he nearly drowned. But it was about 200 meters, so he got several lengths of this pool to go. And so everyone just streaked through, they did the thing, and they got out, you know, the winners won and whatever. You know something? This guy did not quit. He just kept going and going and going. And long after everyone's out of the pool, they've gone to the, the changing sheds, they got changed, they're out of the whole deal. He is still, still swimming on, swimming on, splashing, splashing, splashing. And you know what happened? When he finally got to the end of it, when he finally got to the end and won, the crowd stood up and gave him a clap and a tremendous ovation because although he hadn't won the race, he had won his race. He'd completed it. How many find something like that touches and stirs something inside you? Now, now, the question I ask you is, why, is it, why do you feel like that? Why do you feel like that? And I'll tell you why you feel like that. Because inside you, inside every one of us, we are designed by God to take on challenges and to overcome them and win. And when you see someone take on a challenge and win, something inside you identifies with the destiny of God. It rings in every part of your being that I am called to do this too. Maybe not out there in the Olympics, but there's some part of me that resonates. There's some part of me identifies with that. How many know what I'm talking about here? There's some part of us that we love to see. You know what the most popular films are? Some of the most popular films are about an underdog that breaks through impossible odds and wins and breaks through at the other end. And you know, there's some, it's hard not to get emotional when you've seen someone who's been right at the bottom and they do just by perseverance and not and they conquer the opposition and break through and become a winner. Something in every one of us resonates and says, and there's something you feel. You feel something inside. It's not like, oh, yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's not a film. Yeah, the guy won. You know, it was great. It was hard life. You know, but he won. It's not like that. It's something like, ooh, that impacted me. And the reason is because we're called to win. I want you to show you this. We're called to conquer. I want to just share some few things. I've been called to conquer. I want you to have a look in Genesis 1, 28. We're going to look at uh, three, three pla- four places where we'll see very clearly God has designed us. Number one, you're designed by God to overcome and conquer. You are designed to do it. God wired it inside you to do it. 
It's part of who you are. You are called to be a winner in life. You're designed by God to be a winner. Notice what it says in Genesis 1, 27, 28. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. He created them and God blessed them, spoke over them. When God blessed them, he didn't say, oh, well, there's a little blessing over you. He spoke over them. To bless means to speak words full of life, full of empowerment to do something. And so God spoke over them, the original man. And when God spoke over the original man, he was speaking also over you and me. We are the descendants of that original man. And what God spoke over them, he's never reversed that word. He's never reversed what he said. This is what he said. Be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth. Now look at this. I want to pick up one part. Subdue it. Subdue it. Subdue it. And have dominion over it. In other words, he said, the earth that I've created, I have put in you a destiny to rise up and bring what's out of order into order to conquer what is in disharmony with the kingdom of God. The Bible tells us very clearly in verse 2 of Genesis 1 that the earth and the whole place was in chaos. It was in a place of destruction. And into that place of destruction and chaos, God put his man, put him in a garden, and wired into him a mandate, face the challenges, overcome them, and bring underfoot and into harmony with my kingdom everything that I have set out before you. You are wired inside you to be a winner. That's why winning is so great. It feels so good. And losing feels so bad. It feels so bad. There was a, a Paralympics where they have people who are handicapped. And, uh, and they had a group of people running this race. They all had Down syndrome. And they'd all got to kind of know one another. And uh, so what happened was the race starts up. And so, uh, you know, the, the, the gun goes off and away they go. And so they're... they're going down there and run this race, doing real well and running the race. And uh, what happens is one of the guys fell. He fell over full on his face. You've ever seen, sometimes they fall on their face. I remember in a, in a place where I was, we were over in, uh, in, uh, in Lake Rotorua and we're just lying down there and there's a whole group of these guys that got up there. One of them tripped and fell on his face and he just lay there. It's almost like it wasn't in him to get back up again for some reason. I don't know what it was. But once he was down, he was down. He just lay there facing the sand. And I uh, where you and I had hysterics looking at this like lying face down in the sand. I saw, I saw, too much. But this, this is what happened to this guy. He fell over on the track. And you know what happened? The others could have kept on going. What they did was they all stopped, and all of them, without exception, went back and helped him up. They just linked hands and they ran it together and won together. And the crowd went absolutely crazy. Because there's something inside. They saw that they, they had really won. It wasn't just about winning a race. That actually, there was something in the hearts of these guys towards one another. And they had really won. And, uh, and, and there are things like, stories like that are incredibly moving. They're moving because we are called to conquer. You are wired by God to take on challenges. So I can tell you now, you're going to face challenge after challenge after challenge in your life. You are born to take on challenges and overcome them. You're not born to sit around and have the easy life. You're not born to sit around and just drink Coke and do nothing. You are born to take on a challenge, to face a giant, to slay your giant, and to rise up and to conquer it and to come out the other side a bigger, better person with greater capacity. 
This is why I so hate the victim culture. The victim culture where people look back and they say, this happened to me and this happened to me, this happened to me, and that's why I am, and you've got to help me. Well, friend, what we've got to help you do is get up. What we're going to help you do is stand up again and begin to operate like God called you to operate. In every part of the Bible, there are men and women who rose up out of tremendous adversity and they conquered in their generation. They made an impact with their life. They did not yield to the culture, yield to the environment, yield to the power and spirit over that generation. Something in them heard from God and God spoke to them and fired them. You can make a difference. And man, that's what God's wanting you to do, is to make a difference with your life. So the first thing to see is you are called to conquer. You're called to take on challenges. That's why I hate it when people quit. I so hate it when people quit. Quitting sets you back immensely because your esteem drops. In your heart, you know you quit. And, and you know what? It's always hard to get up the next time. Hard to get up the next time. That's why they say, you know, the horse bucks you. Get on again straight away because the next time you'll be full of fear about taking it on. And next time it'll be harder. And if you don't get back up there and get going again, you'll find it harder the next time. You're born to conquer. You're born to take on challenges and conquer them. Why don't you have a look with me in Joshua chapter... Uh, uh, we're going to have a look in uh, Deuteronomy chapter 7. Deuteronomy chapter 7. God's mandate to Israel. And when God brought the people of Israel out of, uh, of Egypt, he did some things. I want you to see the mandate that he gave to them. Mandate, Deuteronomy chapter 7, verses 1 through to 6. Now, the Bible tells us that God called the people out that he might bring them to himself, that he might bring them into a land to possess it. So in the Old Testament, God had a nation, the nation of Israel, and God took that nation of Israel out of slavery to Pharaoh's doing work, building pyramids, serving as slaves. He took them out by a mighty, powerful act by the blood of the lamb that was shed. He brought them to himself. He brought them into relationship and encounter with him. But following encounter, he said, now I want to bring you into a land that you're going to possess. Exactly the same as designed for the church. God saves us out of the world. He brings us into relationship, intimacy with himself. But it's not about hanging around, being intimate with God. It's actually about fulfilling the mandate, which is to go and make a difference in your generation. Make a difference in the culture. Make a difference wherever you are. You are called to conquer. God has wired it into you. You're mandated to do it. All through the Bible it says to do it. You've got to get it into your heart or you'll never live life. You'll never be fulfilled if you don't do it. Notice what God said to them. When the Lord your God shall bring you into the land where you go to possess. Notice this, what you've got to do, he says, I'm going to bring you into a land to possess. That word possess means to occupy a piece of land by conquering the inhabitants and driving them out. And you and I have areas of our life and there are areas in the community where God calls us to arise and to begin to bring the force, the life, the power of the kingdom of God, chase out the demonic influence, and bring to light the kingdom of God in that place. Notice what he says here. He says, look at all these ites. There's a lot of ites here. Cast out many nations before you. The Hittites, the Gergesites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, Hivites, Jebusites, Uptites, seven nations greater and mightier than thou. Whoa! Isn't that marvelous? 
Now, of course, I won't develop it in depth, but let me just say that every one of those nations, their name means something. Every one of those nations is associated with a challenge you are called to conquer. The, so let's go through them. The Hittites, their, main, their name literally means to be a terror, to break down by confusion or fear. It speaks of fear. You are called to challenge your fears. Whatever you're afraid of, whatever comes against you to intimidate you, God calls you to possess that land. Whatever it is you're afraid to step out into you, God wants you to challenge that giant. He wants you to conquer it. Conquer your fear. Conquer what you're afraid of. He wants you to rise up. Notice the second one, the Gergesites, means to dwell on clay or a gray area. It speaks of compromise. God wants you to conquer fears. wants you to conquer compromise in your life. Compromise. People, uh, mostly today, they call it PC, politically correct. It's a demonic strategy to get you to just conform to the masses and not say, there is a way, there is a life, there is a truth, there is a way to heaven, there's a way to the kingdom of God, and this is the one way. Friend, you've got to stand up and face this kind of issue. Compromise robs you and steals you of the destiny God has for you. Notice the Amorites. What the next one? That word means to speak or to boast. It speaks of pride and independence. Pride and independence. These are giants you have to conquer. These were in the land. So God said, I've given you the land, but there's some things that are going to resist you. And so fear will resist you. Compromise will resist you. You've got to stand up against it. Notice this, this third one here, pride or independence, just being a lone ranger. Next one was the uh, Canaanites. That means to humiliate or subdue. It speaks, uh, uh, they were traders. They were merchant traders. It speaks of materialism. One of the things that's, a, that's a, something we have to get to grips with is that God gives us things to enjoy. He gives us things wonderfully to enjoy, but we're not to make them an end in themselves. We're to use the resources God gives us to extend his kingdom. So you've got to get over the greed and coveting and envy that's in the nation and in the people around us. We have to stand up and say, God puts resources into my hand because I can be entrusted to advance his kingdom. God wants you to be entrusted with finances, but if you can't handle a little bit, then you'll never handle a great. If God's going to entrust to you the, the greater, he's got to see that you will handle the little well, that you'll be a tither, that you'll be a giver, that you'll be a sower, that you'll use your finance to bring blessing, not just to yourself, but also to those around you. Notice the next one there, it talks about the parasites. That means to be unwalled or dwell in the open or have no boundaries. It speaks of lust. Lust and immorality, uncleanness. One of the enemies that will stand against you in this culture you have to stand up against and defeat and conquer. It's, a con it's an enemy to conquer. You look around, you can't help but see on the television, I mean, everywhere you go, that thing is coming and pushing against your mind, defiling your mind, to stop you being what God wants you to be, to bring you to a place of compromise so you yield to the sin. God wants you to conquer it. Whatever giants you got in your land, you've got to conquer them. They're your giants. God gave them to you to conquer. Corporately, we've got some things to do, but individually, we've got something to conquer. I wonder what giant you've got to conquer. What is it that roars and intimidates and puts you down, says, you can't do this, you can't do that. Friend, God says, I put my spirit in you. Whatever I say you can do, you can do. Whatever I say you can have, you can have. Whatever I say is yours, is yours. You've got to have vision and faith to conquer the land, to find out what God has given to you and then pursue it. So we see the next one, uh, the next one with the Hivites. 
Hivites mean, means, the word means literally life giver, but it's uh, actually the same word used when it talks about Eve, the giver of life. You know? and, and so it's a picture of humanism, the compromise. Remember what Eve did? How she compromised the word of God, and, and, and she moved away from trusting in God to trusting in herself. It's a picture of the whole thing of humanism. Humanism is, is centered in man. It's all about me. It's about me getting ahead. It's about my ministry, my career, my this, my that. And you've got to overcome that kind of thing. That's something to overcome. It's a whole area in our life that we have to break through and overcome. The last one there with the Jebusites, that means literally to tread down or, or, or pollute, and it means literally discourage, to take discourage or to discourage people. And when I look around, I see people pushed down by these things all the time. They are your enemies. When you walk out that door, you've got those enemies to face. They're your enemies, and God's called you to win. He's called you to conquer. In fact, he's wired you so that when you do conquer them, there's a tremendous feeling inside of victory and joy. There's a joy that comes with having fought a battle, a battle against lust, a battle against pride, a battle against uh, greed, a battle uh, against uh, dishonesty, a battle against compromise. When you stood up and fought it, something inside you grows and expands, and you Bill, who that was good. See, because you're wired to do it. You're wired to do it. Every time you align with the kingdom of God and do what God calls you to do, something in you enlarges and expands. You're a bigger, better, greater person for it. But every time you compromise, every time you step back, every time you withdraw, every time you bow to your fear, every time you let these things rule over you, something in you shrinks. New Zealand has got a real capacity to be a shrinking machine, to push you down and put you into a mold. And the Bible says, don't let it push you down and squeeze you till you become a little person. Dare to have some great dreams. Dare to dream great things. Dare to dream that God could use me here to do something. Now, now look what Jed's doing now. Someone, God put a dream in his heart. And I watched him grow here week after week, serving in this church and serving now. Now God's given him capacity to touch thousands upon thousands of people. That's awesome. That's fantastic. You don't know what lies inside you, do you? Who that God's got for you, but you've got to do something. Okay then, so we see number one, you're designed by God to subdue and conquer. You're designed like that. Number two, God chose Israel or he gave him a mandate to conquer. Number three, we need to see Jesus had a mandate to conquer. Jesus actually came into this world to conquer something. It's called sin. It's called unrighteousness. It's called sickness. It's called demonized or oppression. It's called poverty. The problems of this world. Jesus came in to show that when a man is sold out for God, when a man is sold out to yield to God, the kingdom of God can manifest. And no matter what's around, he had an answer for it. Someone died, he's got life for them. There's no food, he's got abundance for them. There's a problem, he's got an answer for it. Friend, Jesus came. The Bible says 1 John 3, 8, For this purpose has the Son of Man came into the earth. Not to just be a nice pretty scene in a manger. But it says, the Bible says he came in with a purpose to destroy the works of the devil. That means the devil has got things he's doing that he's up to. And you've got to recognize sickness comes from the devil. Oppression comes from the devil. Rejection comes from the devil. Poverty comes from the devil. All these things, they come from the devil. They don't come from God. But a man linked to heaven can bring heaven to the earth and change it. That's what conquering's about. It's about not trying harder. It's about being a channel for God's life to come through. Look what Jesus said. I'll show you a couple of verses. I want you to see a couple of things he said in uh, Matthew 12 and verse 28. Matthew 12, 28. This is what Jesus said. Look at this. 
He's been criticized, of course. And don't expect if you follow Jesus, you won't get away without being criticized. You're going to be criticized. He says this in verse 28. If I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then know the kingdom of God is come to you. Notice what he said. If I cast out demons by the power of the Spirit of God, know this, that the kingdom of God has come in and manifested in the earth. In other words, what he's saying is this. He's saying, the kingdom of heaven coming into the earth displaces what the devil has done. Sickness is displaced. Health comes. Oppression is displaced. And life comes. Joy comes. Friend, he said, if I by the Spirit of God do these things. Now notice he said, I didn't do it because I'm a positive person. He, said, he didn't say, I did these things because I've got a good attitude. He said, I do it by the power of the Holy Ghost. I do it by the Spirit of God working through me. I come into this world and everywhere I go, I am able to challenge what's there and change it. He said in Matthew 20 verse 26 or somewhere around about that, he said, the Son of Man came not to be served or ministered to, but to serve and give his life. He came to make life a different place. So wherever he went, something happened. It got different. That means he overcame the prevailing atmosphere, overcame the prevailing circumstances, and brought the kingdom of heaven and the life of God into that place. You and I are called to do the same thing. In, uh, in uh, John, I think it is, he says, listen to me. He's, he's talking to his disciples before he goes, talking about giving them the Holy Ghost, John 16, 33. Listen, he says, in the world you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. In other words, he says, in the world, in the world. It, everyone born in here, how many understand there's some pressures out there? there? That word tribulation means pressure, to be crowded in, crushed, or pushed down, or pushed back, or pushed over, or run over. Literally, by the pressures of life. How many know there's some pressures in life? And Jesus said, in the world, you're going to have some pressures. Now, why would you ever think that the Christian life is going to be a nice, cruisy life? See, while you're living in the world, you're going to have pressure. Jesus said you're going to have pressure. And, of course, when you become a Christian, decide you're going to sell out and walk with Jesus Christ, there's more pressure comes. Because now all the devils in hell are trying to stop you discovering who you are, what you've got inside you, what you could possibly accomplish. They want to stop you. We've got to stop them doing that. We've got to stop them seeing what they could be. We've got to stop them knowing they're called to conquer because they'll become dangerous then. Think about that. So you notice here he says, he said, in the world you've got pressure. He says, have courage I have overcome. That word overcome is to subdue by force or to conquer. See, notice again, Jesus coming into this world modeled what it is to conquer in life. When people hated him, he overcame it with love. When people bitterly accused him, he remained silent. See, there was something in him that gave him power to overcome what was in the world around him. And that something in him that enabled him to do it was the Holy Ghost. The same spirit that was given to Jesus Christ that made him a conqueror in life is that same spirit God gives to you for exactly the same purpose. To be a conqueror in life. You have been given something. So we see Jesus was a winner. He was a conqueror. 
You say, well, it didn't look like he conquered when he went to the cross. Listen, he overcame every natural desire to spare himself and chose to give his life that the power of sin might once and for all be broken, that the curses might be broken. He gave his life. He conquered everything the devil could throw at him. Can you imagine what it'd be like? You're on a cross. Your flesh is hanging off in stripes and strips all over. There's blood dripping down. Your face is smart and beaten up. And someone says, if you're the son of God, then come down the cross the cross and you know that if you spoke a word that angels would come the ground would open up and they're all gone and you could come straight down from that cross can you imagine what courage it took to remain in the place God called him to conquer sin he conquered sin so you could have a victory over sin he conquered sin he conquered the devil he conquered sickness. He conquered lack. He conquered oppression. He conquered everything. He became our model conqueror. You have a look and you see the pressures he came on. He had family pressures. He had pressures of betrayal. He had pressures of dishonesty. He had pressures of people around. He had the pressure of fame. In every area, he overcame. Now, get what? This one. Now, I tell you what. If you want to become a winner, you've got to hang out around winners. Think about that. If you want to become a winner, hang out around winners because they must be thinking something, saying something, and doing something that's different to what you're doing. And if you hang out with them, you start to catch what they're doing that's different. It starts to flow onto you. You start to become different in the way you think and the way you live. You hang out with people who are losing all the time. You know what will happen? You'll become like them. You'll be shaped by them. Their atmosphere will come over you. So you've got to make your prime time, your best time, to hang out with, with winners. You know the first winner you've got to hang out with is Jesus Christ. And no one won out like him before. Friend, the devil threw everything he could, even threw at him death. There he was, died on the cross. He's buried in a grave. There's a stone over the grave. And still he conquered that. And that the Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 16, or somewhere around there, it says, Now the same Spirit that raised Christ up from the dead, the same Holy Ghost, not a different Holy Ghost, is now in you and quickens your body, enables and empowers you to win in life. That's why God gave you the Holy Spirit, not to just shake, rattle, roll and have an experience, more than just to speak in tongues, more than just to have a fuzzy-wuzzy, more than just to have anything like that. He gave you the Holy Ghost that you could be a witness. You could overcome fear and difficulties and make a difference with your life. Oh, that's pretty good, isn't it? Hey, come on, someone say amen. Someone say, yeah, that's right. Come on, listen, that's good preaching, that is. Come on, you need to realize that, see? Now listen, here's the last one. We're called to conquer. We're called to conquer. You're called. You have a definite mandate. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 1, since we're nearly there, Matthew 10, verse 1, he said, listen, he called to him his 12 disciples and gave them power, authority over unclean spirits to cast them out, heal all manner of sicknesses, all manner of distant, different, all manner of disease. Listen, he called them to conquer every situation the devil could bring against people. He said, if you find sickness, I've given you power to minister the life of God and heal them. If they're oppressed, I've given you the power to do something about it. He said, I have given you a mandate to go out and proclaim the kingdom of God and to overcome every obstacle that's out there. And so the Bible tells us very, very clearly, you are called to conquer. Listen, I want to read a verse for you. Very, very good verse. You'll love this one here. Romans 8 verse 31. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us and gave himself. That word more than conquerors means we're a super conqueror. 
We, we, it means to utterly vanquish. Utterly vanquish. We utterly vanquish the devil. That's who you are. What are you? Are you a winner or a loser? You're a winner. You're wired to win. You've got the Holy Ghost in you to help you win. And you are more than a conqueror. You are a total vanquisher of negative circumstances. You are a total vanquisher of depression. You are a total vanquisher of poverty. You have it in you. You've got what it takes. God has put something in you that enables you to go into any situation and have a positive impact. You've got to see that. That's who you are. You're a conqueror. You're a conqueror. You're a winner. Life throws up something bad. You've got the answer inside you. You must believe that. If you don't believe that, then you'll never be that. You have to believe before you'll see. And we'll show you just to finish with the last couple of verses. You are more than a conqueror. More than a conqueror. There's another verse that goes something like this. Thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph. Now, come on about that. Thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph through Christ Jesus. So you notice, Jesus cast out demons by the Spirit of God. You are more than a conqueror through Him who loved you. Uh, we are always able to triumph through Him. So you are joined spirit to spirit to the greatest winner this world ever saw. You are linked to him. You are linked to the winner. You have the same personal coach that he had. You have the same personal coach that the top winner had. It's time to listen to your coach. It's time to listen to the word and the spirit of God and begin to do what he tells you to do so you play a winning game in life. Paul says you've got a race to run, run it to win. But don't just cruise along. Run it like you've got something to win at the other end of it. Run the race passionately. Live a life full of passion. That's the kind of life we're called to live. You can do that. Tell someone, that's you, you're a winner. You're a winner. It's written all into your spirit. Written all over you. God's plan. I want you to finish the last verse. 1 John 5 and verse 4. 1 John 5 and verse 4. Here it is. You're a winner. That's a good being a winner. I hate being... I mean, the thought of being a loser is just unacceptable, isn't it? Oh, you're a loser. Oh, I'm a loser. Now, actually, I don't even like to say that. Do you know, do you know how depressing that is? I'm a loser. Loser. That just mocks and rings and depresses you. You wake up in the morning, I'm a loser. Now listen, I don't want to agree with that. This is what God tells me in his word, that his mandate to man is to be a winner. That God's mandate to Israel, the church of the day, was to win, to conquer. That God's mandate to Jesus was to conquer. And now Jesus gives us a mandate, go out and make a difference. And notice what says 1 John 5 verse 4. This is the victory. The word victory, you ever heard the, the, the name Nike, you know, Nike with the shoes with a big tick. I love that. Big tick, that means winner. 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 The word Nike comes from the word Nikeo in the Greek meaning to conquer. That's what it comes from. It's exactly the same word. Nike comes almost directly out of the Greek and it means to conquer, to subdue, 
to win and prevail by force and effort over every challenge. What a brand name. Man, I like Nike. I love that. That tick, winner. See, every time you say Nike, you say, what you're saying is, winner, yes, put a tick by that. I love that. That's got to be a great brand name. Well, what you've got to realize in the realm of the spirit is written over you, Nike, conqueror, and a tick in heaven written over you. It's written over you. It's written over you. The devils know it. The devils can see it. It's time you believed it. It's time you did something about it. Notice what it says. Now, how does this all work out? Here it tells us here. Now, we'll finish with this verse. 1 John 5 and verse 4. Now, whatever's born of God is what overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcomes the world? Even the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. And I want to show you several things in here. Number one, whatever God births in your life has power to win in life. Whatever God births in your life by His Spirit. What that means is God has got to turn your lights on inside. Then you've got power to change, power to be different. And that's called revelation. Whatever's born from above, whatever God puts into your spirit and into your life, whatever God puts in there has literally got power to overcome. It's got the life of God in it, which is the winning life, the conquering life. It's got the spirit dimension of God. That's why when we worship and we listen to God and we get into the Word of God, God begins to drop things into us, seeds. He puts a seed into you, and you've got to nurture the seed and grow the seed, and that seed is the power to prevail. Man, I've been in some situations. Look, we, even in buying a house, it was like that. God spoke to me. The house was ours, but the sale had been concluded. But you see, I had something inside me which has got power to change what's in the natural. And even though the agent said, it's signed and it's sealed, we just got to get the money. I said to the owner, here's my name and my address. And here's my phone number. And when it falls through, you can ring me. And three months later, he rang. Are you still interested in that house? Oh, my house. Yes, I am. <laughs> Come on, come on now. You've got to get a word from God. Whatever's got the word of God, whatever God births in you, that's why you need to become intimate with God because connecting with God, you're connecting with the winner. His life becomes the winning life in you. See, we overcome through Him. We conquer through Him. Through Him. Through Him. It's not just being a better person. It's not just trying hard. It's not just getting revved up or motivated highly. It's much, much more than that. It's another life called the life of the Spirit, the kingdom of heaven coming into the earth. Oh, glory to God. Notice it says, so number one, whatever God births in you, that's what overcomes the world. That word overcome means to totally conquer and subdue what is around you. You can change what's around you, but you have to believe. Notice here, now tell us what the victory. This is the victory that overcomes the, the world. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. There it is. It means that, that what God uses to get you to the victory. God uses something to get you there. There's something God uses to get you to the place of victory. You know what's called? Faith. Faith is what links you from the earth to the realm of the supernatural and makes it possible to become that winner in life. You must believe this is the victory. This is the conquering force. This is the channel through which you conquer. This is what causes you to get a victory. It's your faith. You have to believe. You have to believe the Word of God. Faith 
means we can take what's in this world of the Spirit and bring it through into the earth. Heaven is full of wholeness. There's no sickness there. We can bring heaven to earth by faith and sickness goes. There's no demons in heaven. We can bring heaven's peace to the earth and demons have to go. There's fullness of abundance in heaven. We can bring heaven to earth. What brings it to earth? Your faith. You must believe the word of God. How do I get faith? I got to keep hearing the word of God. I must meditate in the word of God. I must embrace the word of God. Picture the word of God. And let the word of God get around because this is the channel God uses to get his life, his resources to me. What will make your life different is when God puts a word out of heaven in your heart. You have a seed of a dream. That's the potential that can overcome the world. The world all around you is saying you're nothing, you're nobody, you come from nowhere, you're a loser. But inside there's something little called a seed. It's faith. It's the substance of the things you hope for. And you say, I might not look much right now, but oh, there's something inside me. I got a prevailing life. I got a prevailing seed. There's something in me. I'm a winner in life. You watch this page for further results. And they may not see anything for a while. Joseph had a dream in his heart, a seed in his heart. It took 13 years. And then there he was. Didn't look like it for 13 years. Then suddenly, suddenly, he's at the place God appointed him. He's in charge of a nation, ruling over a nation, and he's able to be a blessing to his whole family. What got him there? Faith, 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 faith. By faith, God brought forth the worlds that we see. By faith, things came into existence. By faith, they change. Faith. We must have faith. We must learn how to get faith, how to build faith, how to develop faith, how faith talks. See? And notice the last one here. And who is it? Who is it the one? Who, is, who are the kind of people? What kind of people get the victory over the world? See? See? So the Bible tells us three clear statements here. Number one, if God births something in you, it's a seed that can overcome and change everything. It's a seed that could change your family. It can make a barren womb pregnant. It can get a person out of poverty and into prosperity. It can get a person out of bankruptcy and put them in a place where they're a multimillionaire. What is it? It's something that God puts into your life. Something that comes from heaven into you when you open up to heaven. And how does it come? The channel is faith. This is the victory. Our faith. Our faith. We have to believe. We have to believe. We have to believe the Word of God. Meditate in the Word of God. Hold the Word of God. Speak the Word of God. Command and decree the Word of God. But if you're not doing any of that, you won't live in faith. You'll live on someone else's faith. And who are the people that do this? He that believes that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. You are qualified to become a conqueror in life when you put your trust in Jesus Christ because when you believe that Jesus Christ is the Savior, the Lord, the conqueror of all, and you align your life with His life, yielding to His life, obeying His words, flowing with Him, you have in you what is needed to make a difference in life. Friend, you've got what it takes, but you just didn't even know it. The devil wants you to, one thing he wants you to, if he can't stop you coming into the kingdom of God, he does want to stop you knowing who you are and what you have and how to get what you have into the earth. Who are you? Well, you're an overcomer in life. You're a person with a call to win in life. That's who you are. You're a believer in Jesus Christ. You're a kingdom person. You're a kingdom of God. You're an ambassador of another realm. You're a representative and a carrier of the life of God. 
You're a temple of the Holy Ghost. That's who you are. You've got to keep remembering it. The devil will tell you, you're a loser. He's saying, that's not me. I'm this person. 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 How do I access it? I access this by faith. I choose to believe what God says in the face of opposition. I choose to hold my testimony of faith. And God gives me the victory. Let's bow our heads. Father, we just thank you tonight. That Lord, that you're wanting breakthroughs in the lives of many people here tonight. Father, I just pray for your presence just to come and to begin to touch people. Touch people and bring release and enlargement, bring expansion into their personal lives as they choose to believe the Word of God, to refuse to yield to the giants of our culture and say, Devil, God has put a seed in my heart. I see hundreds of young people coming to Jesus. I see finances being released. I see creative ideas being released. I see new businesses being released. I have these things in my heart. And whatever is in my heart, it's born of God. It's born of God. It has power to overcome. I choose to hold on to the dream and cultivate the dream and build the dream. Friend, there may be someone here tonight and you've never even become a Christian yet. Perhaps you're sitting here tonight and you've never given your life to Jesus Christ. I want to give you an opportunity tonight to respond to him. Friend, Jesus Christ is the greatest winner of all time. Separated from him. You may have temporary wins, but eternally you lose. Eternally you lose. Why do you lose? Because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to God. No man comes to the Father but by me. There's only one way that a person can come out of the situation they're in and into a relationship with God. It's by Jesus Christ. There's no other religion can do it. No one else can do it for you. You have to put your trust in Jesus Christ. He said, whoever so ever received him and believed upon him, to believe in the Bible doesn't mean you say, oh, yeah, I believe that. To believe on Him means you commit your life to what you say you believe. It means you bring your life into alignment with what you say you really believe. So if we believe Jesus died on the cross for our sins and rose from the dead, and all will give account to Him. If He cares for us and is reaching out, we entrust our life into His hands. And then we begin to walk with Him. That's what Christianity is about. If you're not ready for that, don't make the decision. Christianity is about entrusting your life to the hands of someone who loved you enough to die for you. To as many as received him, he gave power to become a child of God. Even those that believed that he is the Lord and began to surrender their life to be led by him. Don't let the devil fool you that God's going to take everything away. It's the devil's the thief. God's a giver. God gives good things, removes the bad things, and harmful things gives us the good things. Is there any person here tonight who would say, I need to come to Jesus Christ? I want to become a Christian tonight. Quickly raise your hand up. Is there anyone here tonight to give your life to Jesus? To give your life to Jesus. Quickly raise your hand. God bless. Let's see the hand over there. Is anyone else needs to give their life to Jesus tonight? See hand. Anyone else? Just put your hand up there so I can see. Anyone else? God's called you to be a winner. You have the power and potential to win. Is anyone else here? Quickly put your hand up. So that's me. Pastor, I want to become a Christian. I want the life of God to come into me tonight. I want to change tonight. The Bible says when you receive Christ, He puts His Spirit into your heart. Your life changes. You become born again. There's a new life begun. and It's an overcoming. It's a victorious life because it's got God in it. You don't have to struggle on your own anymore. You've got always got God to turn to. You've got others who believe in God also to support you. A great life. Have a destiny, eternal destiny. Is there anyone else? Quickly raise your hand. Just one last chance. Perhaps there's some here tonight and you've walked away from God, fallen away. 
Perhaps you know that you're not where you ought to be. And you say, well, I need to come back to Jesus tonight. Perhaps you're just, your prayer life's gone. You're not walking with him. You've got things of compromise. You say, I need to come back. Would you quickly raise your hand and say, that's me. Anyone here tonight? Praise the Lord. Anyone else? God bless. Right, this is what we're going to do just in a moment. I'm just going to stand. Is that young person over here has just put a hand up. She wants to receive the Lord. And uh, I want us to give a tremendous clap. What I'd like you to do, dear, is come up and just stand in front of me and face me. We're going to pray a prayer together for Jesus to come into your life and to touch you. God bless you. God bless you. Come on, let's give her a great clap, church. Let's stand together. Give her a great clap. Who did you come with? You come with your mum. Is your mum there? Does she want to come too? Okay. Mum want to come too? Fantastic. That's the way. Come on up here. What's your name, dear? Okay, then once all to just close our eyes now, we're going to pray the sinner's prayer. Prayer is just talking to God. When we talk to him, he hears us. He hears us. He responds. So I want you all to just follow me in this prayer. Father in heaven, thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I turn away from sin. A life without you. And I turn to you tonight. I receive you as my Savior. I receive your Spirit into my life. I receive forgiveness of all my sins. And I surrender my life to you. You are my Savior and Lord. You are my friend. You'll never leave me. But you will walk with me through life. And make me a winner. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Father, I just thank you for it. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I release his love into your life right now. Lord, come upon her. Just touch her, Lord, right now with your presence. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise Let's give her a great clap, shall we? Marisha here will just help you in walking with Jesus. She'll talk to you. she got a little gift for you, Bible and a few little things there. And she wants to get to know you and want to help you link with some other Christians. And that'll be great. Isn't that fantastic? Someone welcome into the kingdom of heaven tonight. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give him a great clap tonight. Father, we just thank you for your presence. Thank you for your power. Thank you for your life for you tonight. Lord, we rejoice in you tonight. We celebrate you tonight. In Jesus' mighty name. If you're sick here tonight, why don't you come up over to this side here. Sick people, will come. We'll just pray for you. We're going to finish and celebrate. Let the atmosphere of heaven come into the earth as we praise the Lord. If anyone's sick here tonight, come on over this side. Stand up here. Someone to come in and stand with you and pray with you. If you're not sick and you can jump, come on up over this side here. And you can jump as high as you like. And let's just tell the heavens that we're excited. We're winners. Winners. Winners in life. Winners in eternity. Praise the Lord. Come on, let's do it. Don't forget the coffee bar outside afterwards.